Hey Sam, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, fine. It's it's weird doing this remotely, but we'll get the hang of it. Everything. You do it with Bob. You do it with Bob all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's still weird. Well, well, it's still weird with Bob, or is it weird because I'm not Bob? It's weird because you're not Bob. <sighs> well, you'll never that's be Bob. Understandable. He is majestic. <laughs> it's the only word that I can use to describe him. I love this because um, if it was if it was Bob here, um, he'd just be using he, this as an opportunity to rip on you. I know. I, I want to prove that I'm the bigger man um, and <laughs> oh, say yeah. just lovely things about him on this podcast. It's a tall We're all man. about love. I'll give you that. We're all about love and uh, compassion here on the video shop. I'm now. all about getting episodes done quickly <laughs> so I can go back to bed. <laughs> Cal, it's 1.30 on a Sunday. Get up, buddy. The... You're young. The sky's Do we young. have any tweets, Sam? Uh, we got some tweets, Cal. Okay, cool. What um, have we got? Don't worry. If if you don't hear me, the audience will. So that's what that's what really matters. Great. So all I gotta do is sound like I'm listening to you <laughs> and taking the information in and like doing yeah. something with it. Great. Um, speaking of pretending to hear something, mm-hmm. we got a tweet from at Flint Monkey. Yeah, okay. Uh, and it says, "Yes, Todd Phillips is a salty little bitch, but fuck you, due date was hilarious." Uh, <laughs> Well, no. now I'm second-guessing myself. <laughs> about what? About due date being any good. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is all the proof I needed to make my point completely legitimate. Ugh. So this is in response to Todd Phillips saying that, you know, comedy had been killed and that's why uh, Hangover 3 didn't do very well. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and that the Joker was made in response to all the SJWs keeping him down. How about just don't yeah. make the same movie three times in a row, and then maybe I'd find it more entertaining. In his defense, the third one did something different, but was still bad. I'm not sure it did do anything different. I mean, there were more I'm consequences sure to either. the guy who lost a body part this time. It was actually someone who needed that body part. It wasn't just a tooth. Look, to be honest, I haven't seen it. Uh, a, a concert cellist loses their finger... Okay. Yeah. Anyway, not the point. Due date's not funny. Oh, we got another tweet. Though. Well, I was talking about Hangover Three. I don't. I yeah. I. I don't know. I'll have to watch Due Date again. To give you an idea of the level of funny, it ends with the main character going on an episode of Two and a Half Men. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of Two and a Half Men. All right. Done. Next tweet. <laughs> it's from Boo at the Space Hamster. Oh uh, yeah. I like Joker, at least partially, since it did the Dark Knight Rises thing um, of the lower class of Gotham revolting in a way that didn't make them um, rubes for some shadowy force. Or pawns, I assume. I don't know. Yeah, they did it by themselves. That's that's fair enough. Protests started when Wayne called poor people clowns and became riots when someone died. It was a pretty realistic depiction of riots, admittedly, in that respect. Yeah, but it also didn't actually outline any of their problems, which yeah, is what correct. we sort of kept coming back to. So, Because like, the problem was society and nothing specific. Yeah. The only specific thing we had was the garbage men went on strike, mm. so no rubbish was being picked which up. Which was all just in response to something else, I assume. 
yeah, like not getting paid well or something like that. And you know what? Maybe a guy with a lot of money could fix that. I don't know. Mm. Uh, look, that's the, like none of this is outlined clearly enough to make a clear point as to who's right and who's wrong or who's a good guy Which and who's a bad the, guy. Almost the problem of the movie is that, yeah, mm. there's not enough to it, which makes... Like, it kind of does a lot of things half-assed. But uh, enough of tweets, enough tweeting, Cal. Uh, enough talking about the Joker. I'm, I've been talking about it with other people, basically, since I saw it. And I think I've overall just come to just generally dislike the film. On account of people either loving it or hating it, and it being just meh? Well, no, well... Because I think a lot of the people I've spoken to have been really conflicted about whether they like it or not. But ultimately, what we've come to as a conclusion is that it doesn't actually do anything... Like, it doesn't actually say anything. It just sort of is okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's... Yeah, I agree. And that's my biggest problem with it. Like, it looks um, really good. And that's the best thing you can say about it, really. It does. It looks great. And Walking Phoenix's performance oh, is really good, yeah. too. I would actually like to see him up against an actual protagonist of some description. Like, I want to see his Joker again. Face off, not necessarily against Batman, but, like, an actual opposite to him i think i said that last week but they but enough yeah yeah enough yeah, enough about clowns cal oh no gotta, gotta talk enough about clowns i don't want to talk about clowns anymore no more clowns cal all right play the music then Welcome to the Video Shop Podcast, about what you're watching, maybe. I'm your host, Cal. Boom! Oh, no. My, my, it's spooky my, weed. My jump. It got scared. Your jump got scared. My jump got scared. It was a jump scare. Oh, no. Your poor jump. Mm. Um... He's Sam, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm Sam. And today we're talking about more spooky clowns. Spooky clowns part two, baby. Here we go. It's it. Chapter two. Okay. I th- Full disclosure, we watched this oh, like a multiple weeks ago. ago. probably. And I remember exactly fuck all I remember about some this film. things that I liked and some things that I didn't. Uh, I just sort of... I almost felt like the first movie wrapped it up good enough. And you were kind of satisfied with the first movie as was? Yeah. I yeah. kind of don't know why we needed to come back to it. Well, because there was a fucking long book about it, Cal. A stupidly long book about it. Like, I don't know, man. Like These characters as adults largely, I think, seemed... Like, like they were cast well. I thought the performances were really good. But. Yeah. I didn't get anything about the main character. Like, I didn't get, I can't remember anybody's name. James <laughs> and I McAvoy. Can't remember, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. James McAvoy. I, like, I didn't feel like that guy was the same kid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, I kind of did in little moments, but like people, I kind of bought it in the way that people change. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't expect them to be the same kid, but... But what you're suggesting is that they should have got the original kids, mo-capped them and made them adults with CGI. That's your suggestion, right, Not, not even the littlest bit. I think that's what you were saying. Well, I think that basically what I'm saying is after having not seen the first one for, like, years... Yeah. And then having not seen this... like, And, th- and then going into this new film, I just sort of felt like I had to be reminded of who these kids were, uh, of who yeah. these adults are, are apparently playing. And so I feel like I didn't even get that after multiple flashbacks... Like, I still couldn't pick the right face to match the right kid. Right. See, I could, but I did recently rewatch the first one. Because it's Mm. a kids on bikes movie and I'm doing a thing on it, Cal. Fair enough. Yeah, I I really... I don't remember... I remember coming out of the first one feeling like it was pretty good. That I was surprised at how much I liked it, considering it's not normally the sort of film I like. Yeah. But then this second one just sort of felt like Pennywise is just straight up eating kids all the time. See, I kind of like the idea that... And I I don't know if this is what it was in the book. And this is what I got from the new movie. But I probably was reading into it because I like this as a concept more than it was actually in the film. Was Mm -hmm. that after he had the shit kicked out of him by these kids, he no longer gave kids an opportunity to kick the shit out of him. He just kind of sucked just them in them. and killed them. Which makes some sense. But also negates the whole reason for him being scary in the first movie. Because if if just eating them is enough, then why didn't he just eat these kids originally? Why was it all about eating the spoops? Well, what was it all about? He spooks them and they taste better. It's, <clears throat> it's kind of like going, well, Cal... You can survive on just pieces of tofu. Why would you eat anything else? That's not... I mean, that was never established that he was scaring them to make their meat taste better. I don't think their meat tastes better, but they, like, tasted... Don't they... I'm pretty sure they say that in the first one. Maybe Mm. I'm imagining that. I don't know, maybe. I sort of got more of the impression that he wasn't eating them, he was eating their fear. He was drawing power from how much power they thought he had. Yeah. He also did just straight up eat him, though. As well. Yeah. I mean... He ate some of them, at least. It just didn't didn't feel as gratuitous in the first movie. But like I said, it's been so long since I've seen it. It might have been worthwhile re-watching it. One thing I will say for It Chapter 2 is it's too long. Yes. It was very too long. And I honestly think I love all the kids and I love all the kids from the first one, but I didn't need those flashbacks because we already saw that movie. Mm. I think it would have been more interesting. I also think it would be more, I know it's not like it is in the book, but I think it would have been more interesting if the adults all stuck together and didn't go off in their own adventure and they like defeated it a little bit at a time with each of their fears. They work together to defeat that fear, kind of like how they do at the end. Of the mm. first one, they do that throughout the whole film, which leads to their victory. 
That seems to fit more thematically, but that I think that fits the format more of like a TV show. It does a bit, but I don't see why you, you could have adapted it to be that. Because otherwise, it's just because it's just the adults wander around on their own, kind of aimlessly, until they find a thing from their childhood. Well, I think the intention was them establishing what their fear is. Yes. So that when they overcome it later on, it feels satisfying. But it doesn't feel satisfying. (laughs) They don't really overcome it, though. No. They just kind of beat him. And the thing is, uh, the filmmakers did a great job with, with adapting this, I think, based on the absolute travesty that is that book. Because, you know, it's... Stephen King must have had so much... He was on so many drugs when he wrote that. And people love I mean, it, but it's fucked. Like, if you read the, like, breakdown of that book, it's... When they defeat it, they go, like... They slip into, like, parallel dimensions and go talk to a space turtle, which is, like, space police. It's a giant space turtle. Because isn't the turtle the opposite of it. Pennywise? Yeah. yeah, it's the... It's the embodiment of order and creation and good things. It's it's God versus the devil. Yeah, basically. And then they defeat Pennywise somehow. Look, this new one was better than how they defeated Pennywise in the TV movie. How do they do that? They push the spider over and kick it till it stops moving. Well, I mean, that's a bit stupid. <laughs> yep. I get that they didn't have the same sort of budget and they couldn't do, like, big like, huge CGI spider thing. But at least this way makes more sense with, like, how they defeated him the first time. Yeah. I also, like, him turning into a big spider is kind of not that scary compared to Pennywise himself. So I kind of like that they made him that weird off-putting spider thing. That still had the Pennywise face. and Yeah, because it was kind of weird and horrific looking. They did a lot of... Uh, they did some good, like, subtle CGI tweaks to the way Pennywise looks at times to make him less realistic looking and and make his form more fluid. Yeah. Well, and Bill Skard... Uh, Bill Skard's... Skarsgård? Skarsgård, yeah. yeah. His performance it was once again brilliant. Mm. Have you seen that uh, footage of him talking to Bill Hader and Bill Hader asking like how they CGI his eyes going cr- like one eye going the wrong way? Oh yeah, uh, and then he does it in his face and Bill Hader like doubles back <laughs> in fear. <laughs> There's like a photo of a before and after. I'll put it on the website if I can find it. It's so funny. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. So the the homophobia the homophobia in this movie is also kind of interesting because that opening scene. I didn't know this. Mm. Um, Whether, you know, the gay guys get beaten up, then one of them gets eaten by the... um, Eaten by Pennywise. That's a scene straight out of the book. Right, okay. That's just straight up in the book. But then uh, Bill Hader's character being gay isn't in the book. That's added for the film. Right. Which is kind of weird, I think, because... uh, Thematically, I, I, I like those two things kind of bounce, like bouncing off each other. Like throughout the film, it's like that running theme for that character. Yeah, but also, like it did feel like the um, um, like Bill Hader being gay was something that was planned and well thought out. But the two guys at the beginning just getting killed 
uh, felt heavy-handed and not very, uh, <laughs> not very realistic. The- yeah, although I mean that is pretty realistic in certain places of the U.S., but. Well, I more meant the, the like, why is this film starting with characters we don't have any attachment to to make a statement about the status quo that ultimately doesn't really have any sort of bearing on the rest of the, yeah. of Cause the it, movie? Because it was in the book. Because <laughs> it was in the book. Like it's, it's just weird for like a movie to be true to the book and then for that to be to its detriment in some way i mean i i at least felt like that scene was unnecessary in an already overbloated film i was gonna say i like the scene overall in my film brain though goes that character should now play a part going forward mm. or at least there should have been a point to this i mean the i mean the point is that what's his name the other what's the other guy probably the should other... look up a list of these names yeah um uh, mike yeah uh, he's the one that stayed in Derry, so that's his tick off that Pennywise is back. Ah, uh, yes, okay, I so see. It does play a role. Um, just yeah, I mean, again, just a it's a very minute one. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene overall, though. It, it does well to make you kind of feel sympathy for these characters, particularly in today's climate. I just found it interesting that that was in the original book, and the uh, other character for. Uh, I think it's Richie. Yeah, Richie is... um, They added that. To my understanding, again, I I don't know. I need to read the book. But I don't have 10 years of my life to just give away, you know? I mean, I really don't know how to feel about Stephen King as an author in general. I haven't gone out of my way to read anything that he's written. But everything I hear is that it's all like this. It all, like, has its great moments and all has the potential to be consistently great. But none of it ever sort of reaches that. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And you got to look at these adaptations in a really weird way, too. So he hates The Shining movie. Yeah. Um, which is a fantastic film, but it's not really anything like his book. And then you watch... Mm. A, there's a TV adaptation of his book, which yeah, is... Yeah, that's much more accurate. Super accurate. And it's super bad. Like, it's yeah. so bad. Not well, like it's I mean, the movie super bad. It's, like, real bad. Well, because there's also... Like, there's an argument to be made that there are, like, differences enough between the two mediums that adapting one to the other, like, requires changes. And I think that there's just... There's some stories that aren't good for adapting to film and some stories that are. And I think that... Stephen King's writing style generally isn't very good at adapting to to screen. Yeah. But, I mean, having never read any of his books and only going off the fact that most of the on-screen representation of his books are not good, like, I don't know this I for read sure. one of his books. Uh, yeah. What was it? It's 11-something-63, that one. 11-22-63, I think. Yeah, the time travel one about um, JFK's assassination. Yeah, that's quite good. I haven't seen that. The, they made a TV adaptation of that, which was apparently pretty good as well, but I haven't watched it yet. Right. He just writes so much. He just—he seems to really just, yeah, do nothing else. Hey, if he likes it, he's, you know, good on him. That's sort of my gut reaction to him, is that he can't really be that good at it. He's just written so much that some of them have to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you he's written so much, but only some... Like, The Dark Tower. 
is by all accounts an excellent series. Mm. Um, Carrie's a great book. Um, and also is good film adaptation. Like he's made really well received stuff. I just mm. think, I think it's more that he writes so much that it's very hit and miss because you can't make that much stuff and it'd be good. Well, and I mean, I hear a lot of praise for things like Carrie and like, like I, I do get it, but it seems like Carrie is a very simple, digestible story. Which is why that then works. can be expanded out to say different things. Yeah. Like, did we do the more recent Carrie when it came out? No, we weren't doing the podcast. That movie's still... That's actually quite old, that new one. Jeez. It feels like it's relatively new because it's Chloe Grace Moretz, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I she does was... a pretty good job. Yeah, she does. And by all accounts, it's a fine adaptation. Just people like the original more because it's what they had. Mm. Well, I just... Because... A lot of it is just you're being bullied at school and you're being sheltered from the truth about biology. So, so periods seem demonic and evil. Yeah. And then you use your newfound woman powers to just massacre a whole bunch of people. There's themes to be explored there. And some, and then like the movie adaptations have free reign to explore them if they want to. We really should probably just do a Stephen King episode at some point. I think that's gonna take so much work, though. <laughs> but like, you'd be surprised at the amount of stuff that's his, though. Like, I forget Shawshank Redemption is an ad- adaptation of one of his, a novella he wrote. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pet Cemetery is an adaptation of his. Stand yep. by me. Stand ad- by me, really? Yeah, apparently that's an adaptation of something he's done. Yeah, based on a novel of his called The Body. Um, right. Okay. The I Dark mean, Tower, nineteen twenty-two. Yeah. Christine, Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> Dreamcatcher. Uh, that new one coming. Maybe we'll do it when uh, Red Red Rum comes out. Mm, ugh. I mean, you and McGregor, Cal. Yeah, sure. It's just, again, it's like if we're going to do a person cast justice, um, we're going to have to watch, yeah, a hundred different things. <laughs> Maybe we, like, we each take on a few. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, may- maybe we should... The Lawnmower Man was one of his. Oh, God damn it. I, I-, I think that if we're going to do this properly... It's also not called Red Rum. It's called Doctor Sleep. Just uh, before of, of I get, course, before we get tweets about that. <laughs> I'm just looking at who the new director is because it's not Stanley Kubrick, obviously. Well, I mean, that would be really spoopy if it was. Ooh. Um, it's Mike Flanagan who's done some trash. Mike but also Flan- some alright stuff. Yeah. Uh, Absentia, which I haven't seen. Oculus, which is not that great. Hush, I think was all right. He did Ouija, Origin of Evil. Ooh. Um, In the Hasbro cinematic universe. He did create The Haunting of Hill House, which is apparently fantastic, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, Although, actually, Oculus, that has... um, Is that the one with Karen Gillan? It is. You know what? It's actually not bad. 
I actually quite like that one. It's spooky without being filled with jump scares. I really am sick of jump scares. Like, even even It Chapter 2 was full of them. Yeah. It, like, it, it's not yeah. as bad as other ones, but... Like, especially when every character is going off on their own their own solo adventure. You're just waiting for the thing to happen. It had some, like, creepy stuff. Like, that old woman, like, walking around naked weirdly. That was off-putting. Well, yeah, but it also, like, the CGI looked bad. And it, she just sort of came, like, running out of nowhere. Like, mm. it was creepier to watch, like, to hear her talk about how, oh, people in Derry never really die. Yeah, yeah, that was creepier. Jessica Chastain playing playing Beverly Marsh. I thought it was somebody else, but I don't know who I thought it was. You thought it was what's her name from um uh you thought it was Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh maybe. I now I couldn't pick him from a lineup. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought it was Bryce Dallas Howard for the longest time. And I'm like, no, I, no, it's Jessica Chastain. They look very I, similar. I just sort of came out of this feeling like all of the adult characters would just like they were actors hired to play the real people that the that the kid actors were like yeah right and part of that is that i recognize the adult actors i know we've just come off talking about how i completely failed to recognize jessica chastain but <laughs> um but i did recognize james mcavoy and i did recognize bill hader in particular like yeah that's uh, fair so having them be these relative unknowns i mean Finn Wolfhard was the only one that I recognized from the first movie, but he played a secondary enough role that it didn't um it didn't distract me too much. And he's different enough from Mike in in Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Um he's really yeah. good that kid cuz he's a, he is a totally different character. Yeah. Which yeah. is quite impressive considering it's the same genre, the same kind of world, same yeah. age group. Like he's done quite well there. He definitely has. Like he's a he's a really talented kid. Um, but um, and, and Bill Hader really stole the show. In, yeah, yeah, in this I think so. Movie. But um, yeah, it just sort of did feel like that. What was going on in this sequel was much more of a movie, and much less of like a real thing happening to kids. Yeah, like a real thing happening to people. It's an interesting point. Yeah, I kind of get that. I wonder if the flashbacks didn't help. I would have taken the, out the flashbacks, I think. Yeah, I would have almost had a um a, a, a web release of the of the flashbacks as like trailers leading up to the film. Yeah. So cuz that that could have been really fun, but then the necessary information that we're getting in the Except we don't we get we don't really get that much necessary information, I don't think. No, probably not. As much as I think. But... Maybe the clubhouse. <laughs> but that's all I can really think of. Mm. So maybe you open with... See, what I would have done is opened with that f- that scene of them going to the clubhouse. Yep. And then they go to... Um... Blah, 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 blah. And then it cuts to Pennywise returning and that. And then don't have any more flashbacks. You could even use that opening scene to introduce each character. You know, do a morph to their older selves or something. I don't know. But cut it so that you're getting that transition and you're understanding who's who. Yeah, I would have tried to make a point of establishing who was who a whole lot better. Especially when it's like a plot point how how much 
the characters aren't like they were as kids at times. Yeah. Like the yeah. fat kid in particular. Is now um, the ripped guy. Mm. But like, like fair enough, you probably don't need to hammer in which one the ginger girl is um, too much, but particularly... Like, is it Jessica Chastain or is it Bryce Dallas Howard? I don't we know. don't know. And we <laughs> will never know. It's a mystery. Um, but... Um, yeah, like, I think that if I was making this film, I would have done something a little more like that and reintroduced these characters a little bit better. Yeah, because I feel like it took a long time to get them all together too. Yes, that was another... Which is hard because you got so much to set up, but I yeah. agree, it, it takes too long. Which is why I would have opened with that flashback of the kids. Hmm. And it kind of would break the norm of opening with a horror scene in horror films. There's apparently going to be a supercut of this released at some point. Oh, okay. Of both films, like, cut together. And like I want... an official one. Yeah, like the director's Ooh. working on it. Hmm. And apparently they're filming extra footage for it, maybe. That would be interesting. You see, I, I think it could be very interesting to see a supercut, especially if they put it in c- canonical order or mm. edit it so it's all flashback, like in the book. Ah, okay. So you open with the adults going their day-to-day lives and then you get the flashbacks to themselves as they remember. Because that's how yeah. the book plays out. So, and I, f- I find that a more compelling and spooky premise of like... You thought you led this relatively normal life, and then all these memories come flooding back of this big cosmic evil you defeated, and now it's your responsibility to defeat it again. And it doesn't work at all in the um, in the TV movie, to my understanding. <laughs> Apparently, with the adult stuff's really boring and uninteresting, yep. but you could make it quite good if you mm. cut it together right. Maybe I'll do a supercut. I won't, no. but maybe I will. <laughs> I just, I think that, like, the kid stuff is inherently more interesting because it feels like the stakes are inherently higher. Yeah. But also, like, I get this idea of, like, juxtaposing the two, uh, like, the two ways that you would tackle problems as an adult compared to a kid and how much you're likely to buy into fear as an adult as opposed to a kid like you'd think that a kid would be more likely to be scared by something unrealistic because they don't quite understand how the world works yet i am more terrified now than i ever was as a kid exactly because now you've been in a in a world that is designed to fit a series of rules that make sense yeah so when things stop making sense everyone loses their damn mind and it's all a bit (laughs) spooky Yeah, so, like, I think you can really hammer in that children can be braver than adults. And there's a good reason for that. And I think there is an element of that in the books. In the book, I mean. Um, Mm. And then um, Beverly has to have sex with everyone to get out of the tunnels. Stephen King, what were you doing? Uh, I mean, I I can sort of see an argument that like that might make some sense with this whole that's what teenagers think adulthood is and so using the rules of how pennywise works as a way to make themselves stronger could be interesting 
or at least make themselves feel stronger and therefore make Pennywise weaker. Yeah, except as a kid, I never thought that's what adults did. I don't know why. Yeah, but this is this is very much a, a cartoon depiction of, of how kids actually are, too. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, the bullies just sort of turn up out of nowhere, beat the piss out of you because they want to. And, you know, like, it's, it's not exactly a realistic depiction of kids because it sort of can't be. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I, I think that, like, if these kids were much more, like, I don't know, 15, 16-year-olds, you could almost adapt that that scene in the book to actually make sense. Yeah. Yeah, the way people depict kids in art is weird. Like, there's often a an aging up mentally of of young characters and making them sort of ambiguous as to how mature they actually are. Yeah. So, like, I think if you're writing a book, especially um, without, you know, the modern sensibilities of realism that we have now, um, you very easily could just go, oh, yeah, you know what, they're, they're 12, they're 13 or whatever. They are my target demographic for who I want reading this book. Yeah. Or at least who's the most marketable people to try and sell the book to. But I'm going to write them as if they're 17, 18-year-olds because that's who those characters are looking up to and that way I can do the... I can explore the the ideas of sexuality that I want to explore. Yeah, for sure. On the other hand, it's fucking weird, Stephen King. <laughs> Uh, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, yes. What, uh, what would, what would Penny manifest for you, Cal? What, what would the, the fear be? Yeah, yeah, what does he, as a kid, let's say, as a kid, what would he be turned into for you? <sighs> that's, that's a hard one. Because if we're talking like, if we're just going like Harry Potter, Boggart rules the thing, like, what are you most scared of? Yeah. I I don't remember enough. I, I, I remember having a lot of anxiety dreams about being trapped in a corridor that never ended. Okay, interesting. And like, no, just never being able to escape it. And like, breaking a window, jumping through the window, landing in the corridor on... Like, the same corridor, but through the other window. Right. <laughs> and, you know, finally getting to the end, kicking the door open, and there's more fucking corridor. Spooky. Like, just... Yeah. So, I, I don't know how that would manifest as a thing. Well, I reckon <laughs> you'd try to walk down a corridor and it'd never end. Well, that, yeah, but I'm more meant... Well, more Pennywise would chase you down a never-ending corridor. Yeah... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's hard, because I really don't know what that was sort of getting at. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I guess I guess the idea of things never changing, the idea of just being trapped somewhere and it always staying the same would... Yeah. would freak me out. Yeah. The thing is, I, I'm struggling now. Oh, there's plenty of stuff that keeps me up at night now. Like, if Pennywise mm. wanted to scare adult Sam, he'd just show Sam his own grave. But, 
Oh yeah, <laughs> that's learned, enough for you, is it? <laughs> I've learned to deal with that um, by accepting the fact I'm never gonna die. So it's all oh good. okay, right? Uh, I see. Fix that anxiety, Cal. It's all good. Great. As a kid, um, though, I never remember being like kept up at night by anything. Like maybe the darkness of a cupboard, like not being able to quite see beyond something. Something just being unknown. Yeah, like the void of death almost. God damn. <laughs> anyway, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. I'm not anxious. You're anxious. Anyway. <laughs> okay. This is what Spooktober's all about, Cal. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some more interesting things to be explored here about how children feel about power and about their position in the world. Yeah. And like, I think the intention for something like it is to be that transitional period of, they actually have to take on some responsibility in their lives. They can't rely on their parents and the people around them anymore. Yeah. Um, at least that's sort of trope of trope of kids on bike stories. Yeah. It's that slow gaining of independence. Yeah. Um, but I don't think this film really did that. Well, that's not the point of this one. This is the adult. Oh, so I don't mean I. I think I don't think the last two it movies really did that. Oh, I think the first one did. Maybe with the Munchausen's kid, because there's a lot of fighting against the parents' like stance on um on everything. There's a lot of the parents are... The adults in this town are all wrong. And you have to stand uh, above it. Yeah, maybe I'm just forgetting like all of that. And I'm focusing more on the actual clown shit. Yeah, the main kid, um, Bill, he's dad... Like, he's still searching for his brother. Because he's like, there's no way he just disappeared. Like, he has to be somewhere. He gets, like, yelled at by his dad for that. Um, yeah. And the other kid, the one who's always um, injured, uh, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, Eddie. His um, his mum is super controlling with his meds, yeah, so yeah. he tells her to go fuck herself. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rich, and there's uh, with the what's his name, the um, <sighs> Ben. Uh, he when he's bullied, like, and that fucking nutbag is cutting up his stomach. Mm. He um, like two adults just drive past in a car and like watch intently as it happens, and they just drive away. Yeah, and there's that kid himself, the bully, whose dad's a dick. Yeah, it's the police officer. So I think that is very present in the first one. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely forgetting it. <laughs> But it not non existed in this one because it's not what the film's really about. But I'm not really sure what. Mm. Like, is it recapturing childhood? Is it? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think what I what I guess I was sort of musing on is more of a, a younger kid sort of concept, yeah. like how um, adults adults knowing what they're doing is a comfort. Yeah, and. And the fear is adults not 
being at well, it's because you never think of adults not being able to protect you, not being able to to help you out of the situations you found yourself in. And then you become an adult and realize that it's nonsense, total nonsense, yeah, totally. But so I think Which there's some horror stuff to be should, done there. Yeah, should have uh, they should have doubled down on that. They're adults and they still don't know what they're doing, and if anything, they're more scared and confused. See, what I would almost like to have seen, and I know this isn't the it story, um, but a story about like the the like a new set of kids. Yeah. And and how these adults have to sort of let them handle it. Or like or not necessarily let them handle it and be passive, but teach them to be self sufficient. Oh yeah, that could have been it. That could have been an interesting thematic payoff for the original. Well, because the idea of like the adults in in Derry are a shit in the first film. Like I think what's a good message for society is being better than your parents. Yeah, and leaving a better legacy for for the kids who come after you. Which I think the there is an element of. But the like, but I think that enough. what they're focusing on is like, oh, well, we will just fix the world so our kids never have to go up against something like Pennywise. Which is, you know, fair enough if it's a big cosmic horror. You know, it's fair enough if it's something that might actually, you know, destroy the, the world as we know it. Um, but is not fair enough if it never, if it means that your kids never become independent the same way you had to become. Yeah. You know, um, I like that. Yeah, I think you could have done that. Stephen King's stories are interesting because they're basically all connected. There's like a big mm. shared multiverse of Stephen King's stories. You can kind of connect them all if you um, pay attention and 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 uh, pull some string much further than it uh, should <laughs> legitimately go. But one of Stephen King's recent books, I'm pretty sure ended with like... I, I read this in an art, like article. I haven't read the book. As I said, I've only read um, 1122, um, 63. Yep. Um, fun fact, that was the night Doctor Who aired for the first yeah. time. And they re-aired the first episode the following week because everyone missed it because they were too busy, you know, hearing about the assassination of the President of the United States. Hmm. And obviously by the fun, following week, the everyone funnest was like, effects. Daleks. Hooray. <laughs> Actually, it would, have been, it would have been five weeks later, technically, but I digress. What was I talking about? Yes, one of I Stephen King's books ended with... Uh, one of his recent books ended with... Um, I don't know how recent it was actually, but it was like someone found like a note and it was, um, the note just said Pennywise lives love f- or, or from the losers club or something like that. Um, right. Okay. So basically just straight up said that, yeah, like there could be more or there I'm be like Stephen stories. Yeah. Stephen King's hinted before at writing a sequel to it. And honestly, I'd watch another movie too. Even if he doesn't write another book. If they do one like set with his arrival or something, how did the Native American tribes deal with it? Like that would be a cool story, I think. Um, mm. I don't know. I'd, I'd see more Penny. Or Pennywise in space. God damn it, no. <laughs> give us Cosmic Penny. 
You know what? All right, hear me out. Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Versus Pennywise. God damn it, Sam. That'd be pretty good. You know it'd be no. pretty good. Yes, it would. No, no, no that would be terrible. <laughs> or would it be great? Well, because like, what's, what's Star-Lord scared of? Star-Lord is scared of... Um, spiders? I don't know. No, it's, like, Star-Lord's... I think scared of being powerless. Star Lord's scared. I think of being alone. Yeah, that too. Like that too. But so, like, how can Pennywise like manifest that in a way that isn't something that Star Lord could just shoot? Big you spider. Know, like, well, yeah, like he's he's taken on Thanos. He's taken on. Uh, a celestial planet god person like if he wasn't scared of his lack of power then and and the potential of losing someone close to him then but he was because he lost Nebula Nebula and he yeah, lost but control he was sort and of... he beat the shit out of Thanos resulting yeah. in the death of the universe yeah like that's what he manifests as he would what, keep just dust. I was gonna he say manifests. Pennywise would just like keep dusting himself and like reappearing <laughs> and going and becoming Cre- Thanos, but with a clown face. Creating illusions of people and and dusting them. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Also, I'm sure there's a, a character in the MCU who could do that. Uh one hundred percent it's Loki. But, uh... Oh, true, true. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's a movie I didn't know I needed. Guardians of the Galaxy versus Loki. Versus Loki. That could be fucking awesome. Done. Done. I'll send it. <laughs> I'll send the note to Figgy right now. God damn it. Anyway, we should, we should start wrapping this up. Wrap it bloody up like, uh, like... <sighs> like, uh... Like a, the, like, a, uh, like a fly mm. trapped in a spider's web. Yeah, there we go. We got there. Perfect. <laughs> it was horrible, but we got there. <laughs> um, Horrifying. Well, th- thanks, audience, for listening to the second episode of Spooktopa. Yeah, Spoopy Ween is in full swing, kids. It's here to stay until the end of October. <laughs> All right. Uh, tweet us at Video Shop. Pod, what did you think of it? And what do you think of spooky clowns in general? Well, that that is a thing we haven't uh, haven't talked about much. Just the concept of spooky clowns. Clowns but, are just well, spooky. Are they? Yes. Why are they spooky? Um, have you ever seen a clown, Cal? That's why they're spooky. Holy shit! I've just realised I've never actually seen a real life clown. <laughs> ah, that's pretty good. Like, not not in real life. I don't think I've ever seen a proper clown. Fuck. And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See you, nerds. <laughs>